Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast with myself, Daryl, James, Jamie and Mig. How are we doing, fellas? Good. Good to be Still back. Covered. Is everyone is everyone's nosebleeds like stop? <laughs> My heart race is only we're, heart we're, is only just We're still back. winning. We're <laughs> still winning. <laughs> I assume I assume that means the nosebleed from being really high up in the table and nothing else, Daryl. Uh, yes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if you ask me that next weekend when the pubs are open, different story. Um, but we are fifth in the league which is absolutely um, um, outrageous it's unbelievable Um, and we'll come on to the game against uh, who do we play? (laughs) you're well on it tonight (laughs) Um, Villa 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 yes that's right Villa Villa, Monday night yeah good start to the podcast that is Um, before we go into that I just want to say um um, talk quickly about Papa Boo Diop, who lost his battle with, I believe it was lung cancer. Lung cancer. At the age of 42. Um, played for us for a season. I think Matt's got the, Matt, you had the stats up on it. Was it one year? Yeah, one year. Uh, the 2011-12 season, our promotion season. Uh, played 16 games in the league, at least. Um, and one goal. Bagged one goal against Barnsley, which yeah. I just watched back from a corner. Um, but yeah, it's tragic, really, and it's no age to, no age to die. It really is. It's, it's horrible, especially um, you see it quite often now with players like that. Uh, Muamba, um, Diop. There's a few that have they've died at a quite young age that are that are fully fit professional footballers that um, really shouldn't be going at that age when they're when when they're that physically fit. So it is, it is a real shame. But um, obviously you just killed off the Bruce Muamba. Was it Muamba that died? He's, no, he's still alive. He had a heart attack. Oh, he had a heart attack. Mark Fowey died, didn't he? Yeah. Is there another one? There's got to be there's another, lots, surely. There's lots of footballers that have died. I'll, I'll yeah. give you that much. <laughs> you made Jamie leave, look. Should we start <laughs> this podcast again? <laughs> no, this is fine. <laughs> we'll carry on. Um, yeah, anyway, condolences to him and his family. Um, uh, they done a nice minute silence for him at a few games over the weekend. I don't know if it was every game, but definitely at the West Ham game Monday night. I think as well, though, they were doing minutes of applauses, though, for Maradona and everything. It weren't just, but they integrated Papadou yeah. up into all clubs he played for. Oh, good. Um, so let's talk about the game Monday night. Um, a 2-1 victory. Um, three, le- three words can sum it up. Daylight robbery. I'll let, you, I'll let you go first then, Jay. Give us your thoughts on that. That's two words, by the way. Daylight is one word. <laughs> this is a great start to a podcast, honestly. So I many numbers. I don't do letters. I don't do letters. And I, I honestly think we were so lucky. I don't think we deserved anything from that game. Um, we started both halves lively, and then the rest of it, it was just camped in our half for the rest of the match. Um, I hate VAR. As much as it's benefited us today, I still think it's terrible and it's killing football. Um, I don't think there's many positives to take apart from we got the win and I think our defence actually looks solid. As much as Villa dominated the game, I don't think Fabianski actually had to pull off many saves. Like, nothing really tested him. A lot of it was from distance, wasn't it, really? It was all... Yeah. Obviously, the one goal that went in was, was an absolute wonder strike, but obviously with the deflection. But other than that, he didn't really have to do much at all. Um, and that, yeah. you've got to give credit to, to the defence for that. Um, Mig, your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. To be fair, um, it's. I thought, like, obviously, we started both halves really well, but other than that, I mean, you can like it's two 
fairly well taken goals as well. It was like Bowen's ball in for the for the corner was a very good delivery. Um, what I don't understand is, as a goalkeeper, why is he uh, not absolutely screaming to have someone come and take Antonio off of him from that corner? Because Antonio yeah. is just standing there completely unchallenged, whereas that ball comes in, which means he can't get come out because. In reality, if Antonio isn't there, he can probably come and claim that because it's not oh, far away. Absolutely. I'd like to see, I'd like to go back on their corners from past games and see if that's something that they do and they don't put someone on him. Uh, yeah, the potentially. Um, or, is uh, that, or, are reckon, just, or are they just asleep? I reckon they won't do it again if, the, if it is a planned thing. True. Um, but then, and yeah, I think, as, as Jamie said, really, I think the only other positive I'd take from the game in a little sense was I think Ben Rama and Haller looked good when they did come on. Um, mm. Haller again won a lot of aerial duels um, he had a good bit of hold up play in the build up to that second goal where he brought the ball down on the halfway line held a man off and played the ball to Fournells who then spread it out wide um, but I think in general we, we really got away with one but it's about time we started winning games when we don't play well because so often we play well we play badly and lose and then we play well and still manage to throw it away so it just makes a nice change um, to be the other way around. And as Jamie says, oh, shit. Yeah, James? Um, I was, I found it quite frustrating at times. Um, I think, to be honest, I don't think we've played particularly that well in the last few games, but we've still managed to get wins. It's just that this time we've come up against a team that are good and we got away with it again. And I don't know what what isn't quite clicking enough to sort of make us see games out easily. We're making hard work of it, but we're doing enough. Um, VAR was just ridiculous. I thought Greenish was disappointing. as a like, I find him disappointing as a player to watch because he's so talented, but what he does just infuriates me. And I think the player of his ability shouldn't be doing that on a pitch. And that, that, that was getting me right on my nerves. Um I think there was a couple of decent performances um, across, like in our team, but I, I don't know. I just felt like Villa had the better most of the game. Um, as, as bad as we was, though, a West Ham player wasn't the worst person on that pitch that game. Referee was horrific. He was horrendous, and it was he was frustrating me as well because everything, like every touch, was a foul. It wasn't even a, often weren't even fouls. And it was just like, what, Paul, like, what, that one that, was there one that Hallard was like completely squashed with? And oh, then yeah. apparently that was, that was a free kick. And I he, think got, he got gang raped. <laughs> and there was one, I think someone got booked. Was it him that actually got booked for that? Or someone? Oh, ridiculous. ridiculous. There was just some ridiculous decisions. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like eventually we're going to get caught out with this and our time's going to be up. Can and I then, ask you a question, James? Because, um, yeah. You've said it was frustrating and you find it hard to watch that we that we struggle to see games out, right? Mm-hmm. We've considered one goal in three games. Do you think like we're a Leicester or a Wolves that should win games easy? Because we're not that. It's good, we're going to struggle to see games out, but right now we're not conceding goals. Like you, you've said it, you've said it's frustrating, but right now it's it, it's not really a struggle. If we were conceding goals and winning games four three. It's a struggle because you've still got to score loads of goals. Technically, we conceded two goals yesterday on Monday. But we but didn't. One, yeah, but no. we did, though. But we, but we didn't. 
Yeah, but we did. We won two one. Yeah, but we did concede two. It doesn't matter. That's still conceded. If VAR didn't exist, that was a goal. That's the worst argument I've ever heard. We conceded two goals, but it's two one. Yeah, can't use that real argument. It's still not good, though, is it? But we're getting we're winning games. in three games. We're winning games. We're doing enough. This is the only performance in the last three games I'd argue we deserve nothing. You, I, I agree argue. with that. I, t- I completely agree with that. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. We deserve nothing at that game. But yeah. we've also got to remember, we've been doing this pod now for what five months? Is it about that since the lockdown restarted? Six months, about yeah, about that. Right. We come on. We come on to that podcast literally screwing every week at how bad we are. We play one bad game in four weeks or whatever it is. It's like, oh my, it's like, and we've won. It's not a one it, bad game in four weeks. You're you're jumping to conclusions massively here. All I said, said was that I weren't happy. That's the worst we've played. Hey, that's, that's one bad game. This, this is my opinion. I know. Let me have my. Just, well, hey, well, shut I'm, up then. <laughs> I'm just saying, I asked you a question. That was me asking you a question about why you're saying it's frustrating. Well, it's frustrating. To watch. Week. Because, because te- we still can see, like, right, you're, you're taking the result. As because VAR is allowed uh, allowed us to win this game this week, right? That that still is still uh, uh, subjective because another week that VR decision could have gone against us because can it I depends on the on other for, end of it. Can I add points on for last season's tally then, like Rice's goal and stuff like that? Because technically we scored. So can I add points on to last season's tally and us add us up the table? Is that what we're doing? Radding goals and points on. No, because the rules have changed. Technically, we won two one. We won. The rules have changed. Okay. But no, but so what? I don't understand what you want me to say. If you want me to agree with you, I would just say, yeah, Daryl, you're right. um, No, that's what you said to be arguing. I understand your opinion, and I I said it's your opinion. But my question is, what do you think? We're a Leicester, a Wolves, a Chelsea, or something like that are going to win games three or four nil. It's going to be easy because it's not going to be easy. But I want to know. Only conceded one goal in three weeks. So what do you want me to say? I don't understand what you're asking me to it say. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I was just I, saying I'm, that I was getting frustrated. What I get frustrated when, that's what, that's when we have... asking you a question. Like, do you think we're better than what we are? Because we're because we're we're, we're still a we're still a team that is gonna um, concede goals eventually and stuff like that. We, we're gonna we, we we play badly, but it's not frustrating. I think it's important to point out as well that this is, as inc- as, although they have been fairly inconsistent this season, that, that Villa side is a good side. Mm. Uh, I know they didn't have Barkley, but they've got Greenish, who's one of the best midfielders in the league this season. That's a so good far. segue. Well, let's as as you now. said, I mean, as, as James said, it's very frustrating to watch him play. But I think uh, I've watched quite a bit of him this season, and that's the twattish I've seen him be. Um, in terms of diving and just like throwing himself about. I know he always looks for the foul. And there was a stat this week that I saw. He was like something about 60 odd games in a row. He's been fouled, which is the most in the Premier League since Kevin Davis. So he, he obviously knows the foul is coming and he's already on his way down. And that's the frustrating thing. But it was like when he went for now, had that swipe at him and he jumped down about two seconds later, holding the yeah. opposite leg. But he's, He's obviously a very talented player. We, like, we gave him far too much time for the goal. Like We had three defenders backing off of him there. Him you just can't give a player like that that I, much I think that players like that. But he's, not the only, he's not right. the only person in that squad, though. It seems like a squad-wide issue. Players like, like him. Guy, like oh, They were all majorly quite yeah. looking 
I think the perfect example is the pen. He's getting pulled backwards. So if you're getting pulled backwards, surely you don't die forwards. Yeah, it's just fucking ridiculous. Look, I don't think it's a pen, but in my, look, well, yeah, it's, it's not a penalty by the law. Uh, what I think the law is, but by VAR rules, that's always going to be given. Yeah, but then VAR should they they should take common sense into no, the equation. Didn't you, both, didn't you both say the penalty against Fulham wasn't a penalty? Neither are penalties in my eyes, but if you're giving one, you're giving the other. No, I said I was on the fence with that one. I don't think what? either are penalties, personally. Yeah, the thing is, I... it's like they've, they've written the rules to suit VAR, so it's black and white. When football yeah. isn't black and white, you'll know that, because the offence there is a shirt pull. Mm-hmm. And like a shirt pull is a sliding scale of you've got a little tug or basically ripping someone's shirt off. Yeah. So it's... Is that enough to make someone go down? No. But as soon as you look at it and you slow it down and you watch it back, it's always going to be given. As soon as you slow things down, things look worse anyway. Yeah. Right? That's the problem with stuff like that. I'm, I'm of the opinion, I, I've said from the off, I don't think either are penalties, but in the laws of the game, especially the Fulham one, it's a penalty. And in the laws of the game, this is a penalty. But this is worse than the Fulham one. It, Declan should not be putting himself in that situation anyway where he's tugging a shirt in, in the area like that. Okay? That's a mistake on his fault and he doesn't make many. And he puts himself in that position where if the ref's going to check it, which they do check everything, he's going to be he's going to put himself in trouble. But how the refs let players get away with stuff like that and the Grealish dive, surely that should be looked back on now and be like, maybe we book him instead. Because if we've got, to, they've got to find a way of stopping it. Because it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse again before it gets better. Because that was horrendous. He was diving all game. The biggest issue is while there's VAR, they talked about it after the game, and I have to admit, I thought they were both being quite insightful, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. They were talking about how with VAR, it's basically teaching. Let's be honest. If if they got that penalty when they did, the offside goal should have been a penalty as well. Because of what Ogbonna is doing to him. Um, and until... The problem is, there's so many players out there that if you feel contact, you're going to go down. That's modern football. Yeah. What? Like, it, it's the biggest issue of... The referees aren't going to do that. Because while there's VAR around, it, everything's going to be black and white. And they're going to have to use contact. When, in reality, contact doesn't always make you go down. But that's another issue for another day well, i've always stood by as much as var helped west ham on monday night i still think it's hampering the game and ultimately i would have the long-term future of the game's better without it uh, or it's at least got to be tinkered with i like the aspect uh like the aspect of it and what it could be but it's got the rules have got to be tinkered with i love the rule that you showed matt about the offside in uh holland i think that's yeah. a great I think that's a great way of doing it. Two five millimeter lines, and if they're touching, then it's like the linesman's choice. Uh, yeah. So just to, so like for anyone that doesn't know, in in the Eredivisie now, so they've they've gone against FIFA's directive with VAR. It's the same as they have over here in terms of drawing the lines, and you've got the defensive line and the offensive line, but they've got a slight margin of error, which is basically the linesman's margin of error. So if those two lines touch, then they go with the on-field decision, whatever it is, which I think makes so much more sense. It speeds things up. I think the idea of VAR is good. It's to get more decisions right, and that is only a good thing. But it's the time taken out of the game. Two and a half minutes it took for them to get that offside decision on, on Monday yeah. night. 
that's too long. It takes too much time out of the game. Imagine um, if fans were in that stadium. Yeah, exactly. It's just waiting it's, on a knife think, the whole time. You can't celebrate. I think uh, Carragher or Neville said it at full time again when they were talking about the um, the Scottish keeper. Is it David Marshall? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're bang on. How can you, like, he's, he's saved a penalty to put his team through, to put his country through to a, a national tournament, and he can't celebrate because he don't know if he's going to get retaken or not. First like, thing he does is look at the ref. Look at the ref. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And things that have to be, it has to be um, looked at because VAR was brought in um, really to sort of end debates, but it's making more of a debate out of every single game. Like there's more to talk about now because VAR is that bad than what it was beforehand. I put out a tweet the other day which I said, if you worked in any business and you brought in a system and after a year and a quarter, a year and a half, that system's still been debated that it's not working or there's changes needed, surely you just got to look at yourself and go, is this system working? Is it worth keeping around? But they're not, they're going to stand strong on this one. But, uh, let's be more positive. For me, the best thing I took from this is David Moyes absolutely got this game summed up perfectly. He started not the quite. That, yeah, not quite. No, no. He done perfect. No. Yeah, not. He didn't get he it started, perfect. But he ended up. He lined up with the wrong side, but he was smart enough to change it at half time. And at, yeah, before, before we start, go into formations and stuff like that, which, which we will do, Jay. Um, with that start, as he got it wrong, and he did get it wrong to start with, even though he went one up. Um, should have should have Antonio started. Now we don't see him day in day out in training and stuff like that. But for me, he did not look right at mm. all. No, uh, he weren't fit at all. He didn't look like it, it. When Antonio's running well, he's a he's a beast and he's. But he didn't look like he he could run properly. Um, yeah. The one that really summed it up for me was right at the end of that first half. There was a ball played over the back on the left wing, and I can't remember who he was in a foot race against. But he was nowhere near him, and he just looked so laboured and leggy. He clearly wasn't fully fit. Mm. Um, yeah, it maybe, might, yeah, he got it wrong. I know he got it right eventually, but hopefully, maybe he should have gone the other way around, started Haller, and then brought Antonio on with twenty to go. Uh, if we we're in that sort of situation, but obviously it worked out in the end. Um, the formation change used to have been well not been asking for it, but said about it for quite a while now about changing the formation when needed, um, and it worked perfectly to go for for at the back, um, shore it up a little bit more with that five across the middle. He he, he done the right thing. Um, maybe the yeah. subs weren't the right the irony right is, subs I would have made, but so the irony is, um, I think the subs worked. I think the lineup for the second half worked perfectly we needed to change and get a bit more on the front foot that's not how it went but we held out i'd still probably line up at five of the back on saturday without that you don't change you still yeah. don't change the winning side like um no, you, you just change you just change the personnel i think ben Ryan needs to play and Hannah needs to start pretty much yeah i think i i personally think the change in formation was to try and get us more on the front foot and I know for the whole game that didn't work, but I just that second half I felt we were more dangerous on the counter simply because Ben Rama was better on the ball, Haller was better on the ball, and I just thought second half we were more of a threat going forward. I'll give you that, and I, I agree without doubt. But I thought in the first half Masuaku Masuaku was a better player with the ball going forward than Fornells. See, I thought his crossing was really poor. 
He it was, any, but he still, he still caused problems. Four nails, I love, I'm a big fan of four nails and what he does and what he can bring. But right now, um, I don't, it's time for him to be put on the bench for a few weeks. Yeah, and if he yeah, doesn't want to play Ben Rama, I'd play Lanzini. I think the only problem we've got with, with uh, Ben Rama is defensively, he doesn't quite look um, as good as four nails does defensively. I'd agree with that. Yes. And that's the only problem I but, think we've yeah, got with him. But then I thought second half, as playing as a, a left winger, he wasn't a win back, he was a left winger. I thought he defended fine. He worked well with Cresswell. He blocked a couple of crosses. His pace helped. So I, I haven't I've got a problem in being out there, and he wouldn't really be in a defensive situation with three at the back. Because I think the other thing with that, that he, the other thing with that one is um, he, okay, he may not be as solid, or not solid isn't the word for four hours defensively, but. What Ben Rama did do in that entire second half is he put the effort in to make sure he was back and at least in a position helping yeah. out rather than someone, I don't know, like Anderson at oh. times last season who or Yamalenko. Oh, Daryl's mate. Or, <laughs> who, got, so, who, had the most ta- who had the most tackles for West Ham two years ago? Yeah, yeah right. I know. Thank you. But last, I was talking more last season. He was when, when he was really struggling. I still thought uh, he defended well at times last year, though. Yeah, um, he, I do... The question, I think, well, maybe it might be okay if 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 we played the five and he was one of the three in front, so his defensive duty, you've still got Masuaku there. But that's with where he'd play. He wouldn't yeah. play instead of Masuaku, would he? Like, yeah, no. So, bit... you know, so in a five, I think he'd probably work with Haller up front. Because I think, like, the other day, he seemed to... See, I, I think Haller is getting a little bit... I'm, I'm liking him a bit more recently the way he's playing. I don't think, like that first game that we saw him in, it, we were all like, oh my God, he don't move. But I feel like he's getting a little bit more aware. It's probably I'm, a better game. Better probably a bit more match fit as well. It, it sounds really weird, but he almost has kind of that swaggerness back in his game, which he had when he first joined. He's always been very good on the ball, like that little control to mm. Yarmolenko in that Bournemouth game last season. Like, the way he lined up that ball out to Bowen, there was just a little bit of, like, swag, a little bit of... The touch to Zuchek, um, the other, uh, against... Uh, Southampton, Southampton, um, uh, Southampton away uh, last season, where he played a little... Um, uh, oh, I know what I'm trying to explain to Antonio. He's got a lot of elegance in his game, and it kind of feels like it's coming back. And right now, the front three of Benrahma, Haller... And Bowen, who I think has actually had a really good season, I don't think we're talking about it enough, actually, um, is really dangerous. And that's with Antonio, who's still got to get back up to match fitness. We've actually yeah. got a few options. Yeah. Uh, I actually... No, Haller did really well um, on Monday night was when when Matty Cash got booked, fouling yeah, him. Brilliant. He was in a little bit of tight space on our left wing, brought it round, did a little turn, put it through Cash's mm. legs and got taken out. So... Mm. He's got that about yeah. him as well. He's not lost really, the powerhouse. I like, I like the way he's playing, but I think I still think if we're playing that formation when he's fully fit, a front three of Ben Rama, Bowen, and Antonio would be lethal. Yeah, pace, power, direct, mm. skill. That all three of them will shoot on sight as well. You... Maybe not when Antonio Antonio shooting on sight from anywhere, but the other two. Um, <laughs> Did you see that tweet where uh, someone would, someone had tagged the video of? Um, Grealish doing three of our players, and then someone replied with the one with Haller doing all four of theirs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to talk 
a little bit more about um, Grealish um, again before we move on to United. Um, I know you said in the first half, James, you didn't think uh, Kufal was very good. I thought for the first 20 minutes, Kufal had, had Grealish really quiet. And that's why he moved inside. Um, is you there anything what? we anything more we could have done to keep him quiet? So can I? Yeah, go I through him. First twenty, for, first twenty minutes. Go I through him. That is the most Sunday League argument I, ever. I you don't just go through someone in the Premier League. I, it's not how football works at the top. No, level. I'll tell you what. Right, I, I guarantee if Julian Dix was on that pitch. Stop your argument. Football's <laughs> evolved in the last twenty-five years. Different football. Stop. <laughs> no, don't. You get if it was Julian, also, if it was Julian Dix up against him, he wouldn't have got near him. And yeah, also back, back then, if Dix, if Dix was going, if Grealish was playing, then it probably wouldn't matter because he'd probably just get up and carry on. Because that's yeah. what it was back in the day. Four Nails got booked for what he did against Grealish. Imagine what know, someone so they, did if they crunched. Okay, him. right. Okay, so here's a question. So, if that... You're right, Jamie. He did. He got booked for nothing. So, you might as well go and fucking do something. No, because then you get sent re- off and you're down no, to No, no, no. I'm not talking about a reckless foul. I'm you talking are. about... No, I'm not. Oh, well, <laughs> you're talking about going through him. <laughs> I, okay, right. Maybe going through him was a bit of a different... Maybe that was a bit over the top. But you can't, you know... you still got to... Give him a challenge. So, so, are you, are you arguing make him make him aware that you're there pretty early? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You end up getting booked. You still end up getting booked, and then he targets you. So say Soufal does something early on and picks up a yellow card. He's then got 75, 80 minutes of Greenish running at him while he's on a yellow card and not being able to make a tackle. I just think he's a fucking you know, But I also think... I was, I was, it's incredibly frustrating, but... There isn't a lot you can do about it. You can't unless you actually can just win the ball fairly, which I'm no also, one seems to be I'm able to. I'm also at the point. Also, got to say, <laughs> these are Premier League football players, right? Professional football players. If you go through someone early and let them know you're there, they really couldn't give a crap because they all keep coming. As Matt just said, they all keep coming at you. Keep, if it's on a Sunday and I was up against you, James, and I wanted to put you up in the end of the first five minutes, I wouldn't get booked because you don't get booked. And then all you'd think for the next 85 minutes is, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to get it. Because we're Sunday League players. Wouldn't matter to Premier League players. And we're probably hungover. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say, going back to Soufal, is this first 20 minutes, I thought he was OK. Just the, f- the second part of the first half, where they battered us, he struggled. And I, I even texted Higo and I went two to one on Soufal getting booked. It's a great bet. For him, I, not had that to... before, I had it before the game. Like, even the second half, the only time Greedish really got some, some go, something going on the left-hand side was that little trick play. Yeah. And a little trick in the end yeah, of the actually, game. I, I thought Declan done really well against him when he moved inside, but he seemed to have a little bit more, le- a little bit more freedom when he, when he sort of pulled inside. I actually oh, think like... this, this weren't one of Declan's best game in my eyes. He wasn't I bad. Thought, I thought it was great. So I thought Obonna was our best player today, uh, on yeah. Monday. I agree, I, with that. I agree with that as well, yeah. I liked um, the analysis that Neville and Carragher did at half-time. I think it was Carragher that pointed out um, that sort of the build-up to their goal. They've got a throw-in sort of at their right-back position. Um, Rice is picking up one man and um, Sushek is sort of too far forward. And he said about how if you're a defensive midfielder, you should be able to see the and like on the opposite side of the pitch yeah. to where the play is. You should be able to see the back of your midfield partner's shirt. And he was about five miles further up. And that created a big hole of space, 
which is where the ball was picked up and then Grealish runs at your back back line completely unopposed. Um, so that is one thing just where they were Sushek slightly out of position for 30 seconds and then that's enough to, to really punish you. Especially, against someone, like, Such- especially against someone like Grealish as well. Who's gonna, yeah. he, he will I thought that was one of Suchek's worst games. I didn't think Suchek had a great game. No, personally. but then, I don't think Imo Rice did particularly compared to what they're capable Suchek of. Just, he, he was good in the air. He helped out with corners and stuff. But on the ball, I think he really lacked. But, but Yeah, and it, you've got to expect bad games. Um, and as a, as a team, we've said we didn't play very well. So you sort of give them a, give them a pass, um, especially yeah. as I think they'll step their game up for Saturday. Um, which we'll, so move in, yeah. we'll move into now. Um, we'll go to a goal, and I think Matt and Jamie, you decide on. No, we didn't decide on Pyatt's free kick in the end, did we? No, we're going to play that when we play him away from home. Uh, what goal did we decide on? So, 10, ten years ago this week, actually, uh, or nine or ten years ago, was when we beat Man United 4 0 in the, Ooh, the uh, night. at home on very, a, snowy a very night snowy night. night. Yeah. Two goals from Jonathan Spector and two goals from Carlton Cole. So it'll be one of those goals. We'll surprise that was, it's, a, it's a really bad night for United if Carlton Cole scores against you, not Jonathan Spector. <laughs> well, I think strange. his last goal as well, he got the ball about eight yards out of his back to goal, done a little turn and threw it across the deeper. I remember, I still remember scuffed, my old... And scuffed it into the different corner. <laughs> my old man saying to me, you're having a bad day if Carlton Cole is literally turning you because he can't turn in fucking anything. He actually, you got, we've got to give him some sort I know we just ripped him apart, but he was, he was a great servant for West Ham, Carlton Cole. Massively. Yeah, yeah massively. Right, Always so. being like a cult figure. Yeah. But I think it's even worse if Jonathan Spector's scoring two goals against you. Nah, not not that, not the uh, Jack Grealish of the American side. What a player, <laughs> Jonathan Spector. Um, yeah, we'll play that. We'll play that goal. One of the goals. Now we'll let James pick, um, and we'll come back back come back and talk about United. And he's giving Raphael a bit of a run around too as he slides that one in to Carlton Cole! And Cole warms West Ham Hearts on a cold night in East London. 4 0 up now against Manchester United. And surely now a semi final place guaranteed. Well, it's not often you say it, but Manchester United being humiliated on the back foot. Twisted and turned there, Raphael just doesn't want to get close to get his foot in and then while Johnny Evans doesn't need telling that he gets beaten far, far too easily in the box there, having been beaten by Cotton Cole. OK, that was uh, Jonathan Spector's goal from a few years ago, about 10 years. Um, well, let's talk about United now. Wait a sec, I love how you just went... We'll let James decide what goal, and then you went Jonathan Spector's goal, and it's like you've just I did say one of Jonathan Spector's two goals, you prick. <laughs> it was because he go at the start did go. We'll pick one of the four. It did went you? from one of the four to one of the two. All it's right. like whatever. Well, I thought we said Spector, and Spector only scored two. Yeah, he's done me there, isn't he? Yeah. So I think Matt's wrong, and I'm not. So have that. <laughs> um, right. Um, United, United at home. Uh, before we get into the game, I want to. The first question I'm going to ask is, obviously, we're out of second lockdown and um, London and the London Stadium is classed as a tier two stadium. We're allowed 2,000 fans in the, in the ground. Does that hinder or make or does it hinder the side or give the side a boost going into the side on Saturday? 
I think um, if it was last season, it would have been a hindrance. But I think I think the team's got a lot of credit in the bank at the moment uh, from the start we've had and being fifth in the league. And the fact that it's Man United, I think, is a big game. We we often seem to perform against them. And I think the fans, even if we go a goal down or something, I don't think they'll get on their backs too much too early. So I think given the whole situation, I'm not too concerned. Um, but yeah, whereas... Last year, it would have been more worrying, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it will have little to no effect. Maybe a little bit of a positive, but it sounds bad. But 2,000 fans in a stadium that big is going to have very little effects. Like, I actually had this discussion with my friends. I wasn't that You ain't bothered. got no friends. I wasn't that bothered. They're all here. <laughs> I wasn't that bothered about getting back to the stadium that quickly. Look, I'm missing West Ham. But I don't think it's going to be a full experience. Like, I, I don't really feel like going back if it's It'll not just be like experience. how it was at the start of last season when we're 2-0 down after 20 minutes and everyone goes on. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, I think yeah. the interesting thing will be, uh, I know uh, BT Sport have already announced that they're going to get rid of the piped-in crowd noise now if you're watching on TV. I don't know if Sky Sports will do the same. Um, so it will be like you can... If you're not making any noise, it will be like you can hear a pin drop and all the yeah, players again. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what it'll, Sky Sports do. It, it'll be very interesting. Um, and as Which you said, with 2,000 two, two fans, it also depends what fans you get in. Because um, if it's a lot of... Um, sort of, It will be season ticket holders, of course. If it's a lot of season holders that, that like to sing, like to make noise, there will be some little bit of atmosphere there, especially in the smaller grounds. I've got a question. When you... like watch the football do you have the fake fan noise or do you have no fan noise i have the fake fan noise i just leave it as it is i have whatever my stream allows me to have <laughs> <laughs> i uh i go for the fake fan noise although i did watch a game last week with the stadium noise and it's quite interesting i watched yeah, a lot I'm, of the um a lot of the first the first lot of bundesliga games that come out um during the lockdown last time they had no noise for the first couple yeah. of weeks. and it was weird but it wasn't terrible but obviously that the fan the fans make make games, especially if you're it's, there. It's so. like I've been watching. Um, it's it feels weird watching sports with fans at the moment. So I've been watching the Australia India cricket, and yeah. they've been having fifty percent capacity. And they actually just announced today that they're lifting the like reduction and they're going up to full fans. And it's just so weird and good hearing fans in stadiums again i forgot how much i missed it until it's I saw the same it as the, the nfl you get certain games especially if you're watching like the red zones you get certain games that have got full stadiums or 20 percent you can hear it and then you'll go to other games that have got nothing i was yeah. about to say before your point daryl is it's good to have a government know that have sorted out covid so you can get fans in i can't make that point when it comes to america no they're terrible <laughs> um they're absolutely horrendous but that's not something to talk about now um this United side um, going forward, thoughts that they got a, obviously a very good result yeah, at the weekend being 2 0 down. Uh, we know what they're like, we know what they offer um, going forward, but can we get at them? Um, yes. Yes, we can. Something, yes. James has said something positive. See, I, I don't like Let's the way we match up against them. I'm I'm slightly more apprehensive about this game. The only, you know, the one thing that I actually think will be a positive is they're playing PSG tonight, which does benefit us because they've got to go pretty strong against them to get through their group. So 
I like the way they line up. Aren't they already in quite a good position to get through the group? Um, but if they win, they're guaranteed to go through. Right, OK. It's one of them. If they lose, um, them, RB Leipzig and PSG will all be on nine points. And they've got Leipzig yeah, Well, that's providing Leipzig beat mm. Istanbul, Besiktas or whatever they're called. Uh, but yeah, so they do, need, they do need to get at least a point tonight, really. But that's... I mean, we can get them. We know we can get them. Like they're, I think they've won their last four, um, going back to when they lost to Arsenal. But you never watch them and think they're in control. They're comfortable here. Like there's always a moment of madness at the back for them. Like Maguire, I, I think Maguire gets a lot of unfair stick. I think he is a decent player, but he's got that price tag on his head, and people look at him and think he's an accident waiting to happen. Like there's, you can get at them. They don't know who they want to play at left back. They've got this Alex Telles in. I think started his first Premier League game at the weekend, but they're not really got a stable back line. And then across the midfield three, you never know who's going to play week in, week out. Whether it's Ogba, Fred, Matic, Van der Beek, McTominay. Like it's just yeah. McTominay. It could be anyone. And then, and the thing that annoys me most is is De Gea might be injured. Yeah, because I think. He's a liability, and I think Henderson's a very good keeper. So, yeah. so, so it's, not, it's all about what it's all about their attacking players, and we know that. I mean, Greenwood, Rashford, Fernandez, Martial, Cavani. I mean, Cavani might even be suspended by the time this game comes round. That's true. Social you know media. That, I think that I think that will be um, a real negative to us if Cavani doesn't start. Martial's got a great record against West Ham. Right, That's and I know he don't score a lot of goals, but he's got a phenomenal record against us. And I think Cavani matches up against Ogbonna really well for us. I think I think it would suit Ogbonna down to the ground. It's someone that will sit in front of him, someone that will want balls in the air. Ogbonna is solid in that in that situation. Mm. The one Martial Martial missed a game at the weekend, calls us real problems. I know Martial missed the game at the weekend with injury. I don't know if he'll be back fit for the weekend or not. The one. Yeah. The one position I think the matchup that's really key is Rice Fernandez. Fernandez arguably has been the most informed midfielder in the league this year. Like he's been incredible. So it's a big game for Rice. Like this is. Yeah, he, had, he had him last time. So hopefully yeah, that's what I was going to say. Mm. Hopefully he can he can do the same thing. Like I think I... players that play centrally against him, I don't, I actually generally feel like he he can he can get the better of. It was just that when we if we compare that game against Villa, for example, like Grealish stayed as far away from him as he possibly could for most of that game. And I, I don't know, I, I kind of I feel like if they play centrally, we'll be okay. It's if they go down the wings that I'll, I'll have a few issues. That's where I always worry with us. Yeah. But you know Yeah, it's five at the back I, it, I so. actually I actually agree with you there, James, because with a with a three at the back with Rashford Playing off the off the left and potentially Greenwood off the right. Both Masuaku and Kufal can have to do big job, big job defensively. We know uh, Kufal can do it. Masuaku up against the likes of Greenwood or um, someone of that ilk, it could be quite quite a daunting time for him. Um, but and, it, and with with the formation they play, Cresswell and uh, Balbuena could could get dragged out a little bit, especially to give them a bit more space in behind. So we're going to have to be very solid. Um, but we have got a quite a good record against United, especially in the last five, with one, two, drawn, two, lost one, which I know they've not been it's at their like place, that's not a bad, history. Yeah. It's not a bad, um, not a bad little recent record. Um, mm. 
I think we said it earlier on, I think people would like a couple of changes from the side that played Villa. Um, just if, 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 right, I'm playing sort of devil's advocate here, but if, if I come out and told you Antonio is fully fit, 100% ready and ready to go for United, do you, do you go with Antonio again or do you, or do you start Haller? Probably I go think... Antonio because I think he'd be the better option against their centre halves. Just, just, I think Haller would have been better against Villa. I think Antonio would have been better against Man U. That's just my, that's what I would have thought. And I think Haller doesn't deserve to be dropped against Sheffield United. That came into it. It's tough, though. I just think Antonio will stretch him more, but that's only if Antonio is fully fit. So I... I, I yeah, I, again, I agree with you. Yeah, I do. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting. Mm. It is a tough one. Because, yeah, like Jamie says, I think the pacing behind could be key for them because they're going to be... I think they're going to be trying to squeeze up the pitch because that's what they do. They'll have that front four or five players trying to squeeze you. So it is important to have that option of a ball in behind. But it all depends. So, I mean, you can always have that with both players, but Haller obviously needs it closer to him to bring it down. And then, like we said uh, like before when Haller's playing, you need your wingers to get close to him to win those second balls. Because yeah. that's something we really didn't do in the Villa game is second and third balls we were so bad on and they were winning everything. Yeah. Um, so it's important that we pick those up. I like, um, I, I quite like setting up. If we go with Haller, like, I, I like four hours, as I said earlier on. But if we go with Haller, I'd love to see uh, Ben Rama start. Um, yeah, because he'd offer you pace from the other side as well. With and as, as as you just said there, Matt Bowen and Ben Rama can get as close to Haller as possible then, and play and play off him. I bet, but um, sorry, four hours drops a little bit deeper. So he's sort of left a little bit more isolated than than he would be with um would be with Ben Rama up there. So um Moyes has obviously got a big big decisions to make going forward. Yeah, I, I think with the uh, what you were saying, Dale, like if you're playing was it you that said about Antonio getting in behind, probably? Um one of you or Jamie said it. I think if you're playing against a team where you're gonna play balls in the air, I think someone like um, who's their centre off? For God's sakes, Lindelof, Maguire. Maguire is going to want that all day. He's going to want balls in the air. He's a big geezer in it. He's going to want balls in the air where he can try and win headers. And I think it would suit, probably suit a game where Antonio can get in behind instead and run at people rather than rely on people crossing the ball in for him. This is yeah. possibly. I think this I think... is what we're. It's tough because I think we're all saying like. Haller's really good and probably deserves a chance, but we just think Antonio's better matched up for the game. Would you agree? Yeah, it's hard because I would have said, I think Antonio shouldn't deserve to start. I think he should come on and build his match fitness back up in an ideal world. And I think if he was 100% fit, we've only got training and, you know, any moise coming out and saying... Antonio is 100% fit. That's a pretty much all, all we're going by. We can't see he's 100% fit because what we've seen before, we know he isn't. So my instinct would say play Haller, who we know is 100% fit because of the way he's been playing and the fact that he's got match fitness, and then bring Antonio on. And two, you can come on, bring Antonio on, see him, okay, Antonio's back to his best. Look at him, he's running everything down. Then... That's when I would probably want to play Antonio. Sorry, first. I think the thing we've seen with Antonio over the past three or four years is, and we, he has had a lot of injuries. It does take him two or three games to really get himself going again. Um, mm. 
he's he's a big lad. He's physical. He's obviously he, he's he's a hench bloke, and for him to it takes some time to get up and running. So if he starts and plays sort of forty five sixty again, but as a bit more of an impact than he did on Monday night, I'm quite happy with that because I think he's I think he matches up really well against Leeds as well. Um, so I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him be ready for the Leeds fixture, which is Friday week. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Um, but it, uh, at the moment, I do sort of trust Moyes in what he's picking because we're, we're winning games. Um, he's doing the right things, keeping the right formation. Um, I never thought I'd say that, um, ever. Mm. I, I, I trust in Moisey. Um, but right now, we're, do, we're doing the job and we can't complain about what we're doing. So right Moisey's now, he's going to get manager of the month, isn't he? He is, yeah. For, what's that? Four games, four all, all unbeaten. Crazy stats. Uh, three games. Yeah, three, three games. One goal concede, one goal Do you know what? Here's a question. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that this is my opinion or anything. Um, do you think that? Um, have are these players? You know, like because most of them are the same players. We've had a couple additions brought in, which has made a big difference, especially during the first part of the lockdown and stuff. Are the players actually now? With the system that we're playing, actually reaching the potential that they've always had, but we've just never seen it. I would argue, though, that's what Moyes has done really well. Instead of trying to like implement a system that he likes, he's looked at the personnel he's got and got a system to suit the personnel. From what from what we read the other day, I think we put it in a group chat. Um, someone put it in a group chat. I'm not too sure it was. Um, the things he's implemented, not just the system, the things he's implemented within the club seems to have sat really well with the players. And if the players are happy, it's only going to be better for the team as a whole. Um, I think one of yeah. the things was Pellegrini was adamant on the team staying away from family in a hotel before every home game, um, yeah. which a lot of clubs do. And I know a lot of clubs do that. But why? Why do that? Make players comfortable. And obviously Moyes has stopped that and players are now comfortable. And they're playing they're playing they look like they're happy playing football again. It's an interesting it's something... actually, because it shows that it said it was all about how our home record and home form now has, has drastically improved. We've got the second best home record in the league this season, only behind Liverpool. And you take like compare that with the last well, since we've moved to the stadium, like it's never felt like a home ground because it's always been more like We've had other players, like teams, coming there, and it's just they're coming over to our home turf, and it's just it, it it's never felt like home. It's like a big bowl. It's just like any other stadium that they're playing in. It's it's not like an away game. There's no intimidation factor. Man City um, brand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's made a real difference for us being able to not just on the pitch putting in the results, but the things that are happening behind the scenes and a mixture of all those things. And maybe even playing without fans there for this season so far, mm. it's it's really benefited us. Do you know it's, what? I'm sorry, go on, I'll, I'll come back to you, James. It's the happiest I've seen the players play and with the most freedom that they've played with since uh, the last year at the Bowling under Billig. Um, yeah, which says it all because I, I watched that, that recently. Pelligrini. That was great, and we don't look like even if we go a goal down, which I know we haven't done recently, but we don't. I, I don't think we're ever at the game at the moment. No, I feel so, like that. There's that an element that's... Cool. I was just going to say, the biggest issue we had last year is we didn't 
keep many points from winning positions. And that's totally changed this year. We've only dropped five points from winning positions this season, which is, a, that's quite a lot because we've been leading a lot of games. You have to consider. Which I think last year was a ridiculous amount of points dropped. About 30. Yeah, yeah absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, those, five points, those five points we've dropped from winning positions are Man City and Liverpool. So it's not, it's not exactly that we're throwing away leads against teams that yeah. we're going to be competing with by the end of the season. Yeah. You know just... for a fact, if that was last year, that would have been on on Monday and the Fulham game, we'd have, we'd have drawn or, or even lost both games. Oh, both of them games, 100%. I mean, 100%. to be fair, if it weren't for a couple of awful penalties, we wouldn't have won both. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But we'll ignore that. That's the change. Oh, that's but. also the change of luck you, you get sometimes. Um, when you're playing well, when you're and you're high up in the table, you get luck that you probably don't deserve. I know. And when you're down and in a relegation scrap, like it was last year, we weren't getting decisions that we wanted. Yeah, it's it's so a strange one because like right now, obviously, ten games in, you can never call how well we're going to do by the end of the season. We could. Like the famous saying is, you know, West Ham go down with the Christmas decorations. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be beyond, you know, our imagination for us, for this to all just go pitong after Christmas. But I do feel like there is a different ethos around the club at the moment. Like I feel like that same season that we had with uh, the Slaven Bilic last, last year um, in 15-16 season and like... There's a bit of belief. I'm enjoying watching it. Although recently the last two games have been a bit of a drag, but it's it's enjoying Get out of it. it. We've won both games. Yeah, but it's still Get not been out. fun to watch, is it? It's been You're painful. Sure. Right. It was. I'm I think the most Fulham pessimistic the... geezer going about West Ham. And oh, you... get out! Come you on, are the most. You what were you right now? Are you yeah. like yeah. depressed? We're winning games. You're like we're. Rubbing. I know. It's we're just, rubbish. It's, it's, yeah. I do it's think I had about five heart attacks on Monday night. It's though. just an expectation thing. I think like I can see their potential, and when I just get frustrated when we leave, give the ball away and stuff. But that's irrelevant. That's not even where I'm going with it. I'm just going to say, are we? Because so, there was a conversation saying that we, us and Villa, are potentially overachieving or over. Uh, the we're what? Overachieving side and yeah, but. Yeah, but you you say this, but are we? Because I don't. We are. Yeah, Jake. We are not. At the same point, but this is the the point the other way round. There's teams in this league that I'm underachieving. Um, United, City, um, Everton. There's teams in that league right now that are underachieving, and we are overachieving in fifth. But there's there's overachieving and in a good way because it's great and there's also plateauing out which is where we should be around about mid-table. You have to look at all teams directly below us and I'd argue they're all better than us. Southampton, Wolves, Everton and Man U are probably all oh, better than us. Uh, Southampton? Southampton? I like, think so. They've struggled, they've struggled the last couple of years exactly the same as we have and they're having a good year. Right? I've, I like Ralph Hassan at all though. I think he's a very good manager but I'd say... Player for player across the pitch, I'd put us on a par with them at least. I'd yeah. say par, but I'll I, give you Villa, I'll give you Everton, United, and City. But Everton, Wolves, and I didn't even know oh, City. Sorry, Wolves, Everton, United. I'd say right now, top ten has to be our ambition. If we come top ten, I think we've had a very, yeah, very we've good had a very good season. Yeah. You know what my ambition is right now? Twenty three more points to safety. Oh, I, that's it. Twenty three <laughs> more points, and we're there, and we're in the Premier League even, next I year. I can't even argue. <laughs> I, I'm three just, more points. I'm not I'm just thinking with Premier League football next season. I'm I just not think... going to say it, 
but I can. It's going to take a hell of a world to go down this year. Okay. There's some bad, bad sides in this league. Can we make them some West Ham fans, Amy? Not seen us in the past. I, I just I, think that the, the league doesn't lie at the end of the season. Now, obviously, if if we are still in the top ten by the end of the season, I feel like we deserve to be there. Is, right, is oh, your, yeah. is a is a, a second. It's not an overachievement. Right? You've you've said to us, you've said I'll be overachieving. Okay, the year bowling 15, 16 the last year mm-hmm. was that an overachievement? Yeah, because we yeah, beat teams. Do you know why it was an overachievement? Yeah. Because of where we finished the, the seasons after it and before. That was one year where everyone was up for it, and it was a big overachievement. We shouldn't it's, have been in like, that situation. It's like, would you say Leicester winning the league was an overachievement? Of course you yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we're overachieving. We because. Right now, if, if we go back to the pod before Newcastle, we at, at this point, we'd have said we'll be on maybe seven points, and that'd be from uh, Villa, Fulham, and uh, Sheffield United, okay? Because we, weren't expecting to, we were not expecting to come out of that with pretty much zero points in the first seven games. So right now, we were on 17 points, so we're overachieving from where we thought we'd be 10 games ago. Because we've already played the big boys. Like I said, I, I wasn't. I, I was, that's why I was putting the question yeah, out. No, to you, and really. we were just answering it in a way that. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I don't even think like overachieving make almost makes it sound negative. In that, oh, we're doing much better than like, we we thought we were going to be shit. We're actually not that bad. Like it almost comes across as a negative. Overachievement is a good thing. Like everyone wants to overachieve. Yeah, you've made yeah. the best of the what you've got in front of you. It'd be interesting to know how, how we, because obviously with with an overachievement becomes um, expectations and yeah, blurred it. blurred vision. So you know, last time we didn't learn from it. We need to keep our feet on the ground as a fan base. Yeah, which we won't. Which we won't. Because the biggest thing is, and I want to I want to sort of move to the end of the podcast now because we've been talking for for nearly an hour. Um, as you said, the expectations then become a big thing. Yeah moving forward and with with what with that and if we keep having the season we're going to have there's going to be rumors about rice again there'll be rumors about um other players leaving leaving the club and that that'll only make us weaker in a way that like if we lose Declan right now it'd be a big loss to our midfield and our team which and we've got to look at that 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 you've got to expect him to leave very very soon in the next probably year Right, so if if we have a year where we say um, we get Europa League or whatever, and you lose Rice, we are probably half the team what we are right now. So you've got to think it's an overachievement with him. It's a massive step without him. Don't mind going Europa League as long as we don't draw Astro Juju. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, we need as a club, we need to be looking at his replacement. But we've like... not. He won't, unless we sell him. Unless we sell him and recoup the money that we're going to get from him, which is only going to go up this year, the way he's playing, um, we can't replace him until we sell him because we've got no money. And then you're as in scouting, though. I mean, you yeah, need to know you're yeah. going to look at, don't you? But but then... need to have options and be like, okay, if we've that's got what, that's what X, Leicester does. If we've got twenty million, this is who we can get. If we've got forty million, this is who we can get. That's my thing. You don't, get a, you don't just get a Declan Rice replacement. You try and plug other areas in the team that need it. Yeah, yeah. and you're spot on, but teams will know 
and especially the way it is now, teams will know the fee that we sell Declan for, which say it's 100 million, and then they'll bump players' price tags up because they'll know we need to replace him and other players. So you won't be able to get, you'll be getting half the player for probably half the player of rice for quite a lot of the money you've just sold. It's so hard. The, the football these days is outrageous because that's how it works. Like, and they know with us, like, we're, we're that stupid of a club and we've got that. Idiot, we've got idiot owners that will will put ourselves in a stupid in a stupid situation again. So basic mm. economics, though, isn't it? Supply and demand. Yep. So right, we're going to leave that there today. Uh, we obviously play Man United on Saturday, five thirty kickoff at home uh, on Sky, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sky yeah. Sports. Sky Sports. Yeah. And then we play Friday night against Leeds, also on Sky Sports. Dirty Leeds. Um, yeah. Yes. So we'll uh, that's that's a game I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah. Be I used to nice want to go to the pub and watch. It will, and I, I like the sound of that, Jay. Um, it's a really that was a big fixture for my youth, West Ham v Leeds, um, a massive fixture with my childhood best friend being a Leeds fan, and then the Leeds family. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. And they're a good side this year as well, and I, I can see it being a really good game of football. But um, we'll leave it there. Thanks what for about joining predictions. Me, boys. Oh yes, predictions. Fuck's sake, Dale. Uh, predictions. Three one United. No, um, I'm going to go. <laughs> I've picked two one West Ham the last two weeks. I'm going to go two one West Ham. I'm going to be a little bit more pessimistic because I just think they match up quite well against us. I'm going to go 2-1 Man U. I'm going to go one all because I thought this weekend should have been a Jamie, draw. James, the really down on West Ham. You lost, you're not down on West Ham are so good. We're so good. I'm going Desmond 2-2. 2-1 West Ham, I'm telling you. Back it. How is the most pessimistic one here with no, okay, with James. Two one, two one. This week, Buzz, I picked it. I knew it was coming. We'll he knew the VAR call was going to disallow that. Apparently, and he, and he was going to, and he was going to miss we can see two goals. We only got a point from the game if we if we got James rules. <laughs> <laughs> we're on. We're not on seventeen points. We're on fifteen points if we're going by James's league table. So uh, right, that do us, boys. Uh, thanks for joining me and coming, you guys. Uh, you want to go in, you guys?